Uh, <laughs> all right, we've hit record. We're going live, so uh, once again, we'll have to see sh- shit talking people. Yeah. Um, welcome, everybody. It's not, this is not the official show. Once Dan Duran starts, that's the official show. This is just uh, trying to get everyone organized. Is everyone's uh, mics where they're supposed to be? Uh-huh. Uh, seems to be. Good. Well, I don't know. Am I uh, where you want me? No, to you be? sound great. You're okay. perfecto. Good. Fred Patterson checking in from Brampton. Dan Duran's perfecto. Uh. <clears throat> Dan's, uh, yeah, he lives in uh, cottage country. It must be well to live in cottage country. Live in the Corthas. Just, you know, way different environment that, uh, that, than what we have to deal with, Howard. You know, the hustle, the bustle, the congestion. The uh, density, oh, all those things. Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, that is true. I mean, I'm just minutes away from being outside the city all the time, and mm-hmm. you know, take little tours and see the see the greenery and the lakes <laughs> and the rivers and all. You take little stuff. tours, do you? <laughs> do you take little tours. That's what you should do. Become a tour guide up in the Gorthas. Exactly. No, I, I'm yeah. I'm curious. So, like, I I don't really know the proximity, Dan. And friend, yeah. mm-hmm. where you are at uh, girlfriend Lisa's house, uh, yeah. how is that in? You say Corthus, is that in like a near a cottage, or is it a cottage? Well, it's a well, it's a, a community in Peterborough. Kawartha Heights is technically what it's called here, but within ten minutes, I can be on a lake. Wow, I can be oh, on yeah. Shimong in ten minutes. Yeah, or that's really less. cool. Man. There's a there's a little lake called Little Lake in downtown Peterborough. It's part of the Trans Severn, so you come through the the lift lock. You're in yeah, nice you know, lake area. Good for you. Yeah, I'm not free sure summer counts. concerts and yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, it's a beautiful place. He's like what? What are you? Twenty twenty five minutes away from the Tin Palace? Can you imagine well, that? Your drive to the Tin Palace is twenty oh, twenty five minutes. It's unbelievable. Oh, that's oh. what you work all your life for. You know, look at the soft landing Dan's had sitting there in a beautiful living room with some finery around him and, mm-hmm. you know, a beautiful woman and yeah. uh, proximity to his hobo trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you know what, Dan, you really are. You really. And and of course, conducting tours of, <laughs> of yeah. Yeah. Peterborough. You know, Dan's the senior who's really got it going, like yeah. uh, like Robert De Niro. Did you see that? Just welcomed his seventh child into the world. Come he's on, seventy nine. <laughs> seventy nine. Uh, good for him. His oldest child is fifty one. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I get. You know, isn't you that the, great? Wouldn't you think though that I'm bringing this kid into the world and i'm really not gonna have a lot of time to get to know it no. it really won't have its natural father for long and so let that be a lesson to you dan before you start spreading your seed all over again okay that's all right, right dan. thanks thanks for that tip yep <laughs> thanks for your tip dan yeah uh, all right um here we go dan duran officially starting the program this episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our cottage-like Brampton facility, and from Lisa's house, which is just, just down the road from Little Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, evnet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living, better building by design. And now, here are two men who feel that if a petite Bassett Griffin Van Deen can win the Westminster Kennel, Kennel Club Kennel. Dog Show, <laughs> Kennel Club Dog Show, 
I'm out of my finest form this morning. It's You're doing great. Fred. Hey, Dan, the, uh, <laughs> the latest uh, Cirque du Soleil show is just called Cunnilingus. They're just going right for it now. <laughs> Dan What's that, brother? Where did get that joke out? I'm sorry. So What's they can win the Kennel Club dog show. Uh, so if, it, if that dog can win it, then so well, start again. Give us the whole yeah, thing. No, no. Yeah. Start Not that. your two men who start. feel that if a petite Bassett Griffin Van Dien yes. can win the Westminster Kennel Club dog show, so can they. It's humble and friendly. Listen, man. You put a lot of effort into that, and it deserves to be heard. Yeah. So we're a couple of dog faces. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's saying. I mean, compared oh, to nice. Dan, we are. Dan's one of those, like, good-looking, you know, he's like uh, one of those uh, beautiful shepherds you see that are very handsome or a, a, bl- a black lab. <clears throat> and you and I are like the ass end of a shih tzu. That's what we are. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey. that's what he, you, you're, uh, listen, you're at, your very presence is good-looking and presentable. We, and again, I don't, because you're sort of a good-looking guy. No, am I? <laughs> when you got to work, like somebody like me, you got to work at, when you leave the house, do whatever you can to some to look presentable or sure. notable or whatever. But to, he, he gets up in the morning, and he's just there. He's already there. He doesn't even have to put anything uh, on. So listen, I, I feel bad for it. Did you take today off? <laughs> did you uh, did you do put no work in it too? Did today's one of the days off? What, what work do you feel you have to do? Listen, what, Dan, what, we just can't roll. I've seen you for seven months. You just roll downstairs. Your hair slicked back. Doesn't shower. Doesn't wear underwear. Ass crumbs everywhere. But just looks great. Right. Thanks for characterizing me that way. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, anyway, let's not, let's let's get off, Dan. Here's a uh, I, I picked this joke out yesterday because I know it's a, it's I don't know if you like Stephen Wright, Dan. You you know who Stephen Wright is? Comedian. Yeah, I do. I love Stephen Wright. Yeah, I mean, it's, very one liners, very cerebral. But here's a joke. This is a little thing I came across. Uh, Stephen Wright reveals which of his jokes is his all time favorite. And at first, I was kind of like. But but the more I thought about it, the more I like it. Uh, have a listen. Gasket looking at him. And Hang on, let me start again here. Just go a couple was, seconds. There we go. My grandfather, when he died, I went to the funeral and I was kneeling down at the casket, looking at him inside the casket. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about my flashlight. And I was thinking about the batteries inside my flashlight. And then I thought, maybe maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's just in the wrong way. <laughs> Like in the casket, the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, you know how battery. Yeah, it, it, yeah. maybe if he was the other way, he'd be lost. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. You know, the first time I heard it, I was like, "What?" Yeah, and it's gone uh, over there. I mean, you said it may not be the audience's favorite joke, but but it's one of those jokes. It's such a Stephen Wright joke. He may not be dead. He's just in the wrong way. And then he goes to explain. We've all done that. I mean, I, every, I just changed the batteries on this remote the other day. And, and of course, you it's, and he's made this point about it, as you get older. So I took the batteries out and I put them aside. And then I went away for a second. And I came back and I had to get my my um, phone flashlight so I could see inside the, the chamber. Right. But I think we've all been there. Yes. <laughs> Tell me something, though, from a uh, stand up comic perspective. <clears throat> Is he the type that can go do an hour 10 somewhere? Because. Oh, you yeah, know, he does. It, yeah, it does get monotonous. Well, that's what I would think. Like, to me, short shots, like, you know, guest appearances, four or five minutes of that. But 
How does that sustain for an hour? Well, he'll go as and do brilliant f- as it is. Yeah, that, and that's always been my problem with him. It's funny that you bring mm-hmm. it up. Hilarious. Well, I brought it up. I, I bring bring it up. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you bring up. He um, he wears on me after about ten or twelve minutes of that. Um, do you, do you have, I have a favorite Stephen Wright joke. It's very simple. It's an old old joke. Is it's um, he says it's a it's a small world, but I'd hate to paint it. <laughs> and it's just such a cute little joke, but that's, that's his whole thing. That type of right. joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Yeah, Dan, I thought you'd appreciate that being the deep I appreciate. Thinker. I, you know, I've, I've agreed with everything you guys said about Stephen Wright. I, I can take for five or six minutes for sure. No. I, I do have a tip for you though. When what's that? Right, Fred's done. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I don't have to bend over, do I? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You you can only take the tip. <laughs> Your tiny little butthole. Anyway, go ahead. No. <laughs> funny? I was going to say that about three or four minutes ago or whatever it was. You and I are cackling like two little children. And Dan's just there straight faced. <laughs> well, that's why I have to ask. If, you know, Dan's I kind know. of our barometer. Like if you and I are yeah. cackling and, and laughing and I look over at Dan, he's like, uh, when can I go get a when can I get out of here? When can I work on my news? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's my little battery tip for you. Oh, okay. You know, the positive and the negative going yep. in. Mm-hmm. Always the springy side is negative. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Side. Yeah. So there's a little spring side. That's you mm-hmm. put the negative in there. There's usually a little diagram, too, if you look. Well, that's what I have to. That's why I have to use my flashlight, because this one, yeah. it was dark. And I'm like, which way? Thank you for that's a great tip. Dan. The springy side is always negative. Is the negative side the one without the little nub? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the flat side always goes against Mr. Springy. This is what you should do. A series of children's handy tips with Dan. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's an idea. Yeah. Yeah, there's a show there. Life Hacks with Dan. Absolutely. Um, garbage, uh, or not garbage, uh, Garage Sailing with Dan. Garage Sailing. Yeah, with Dan. Oh, I love that. That's a yeah. that. sale. Garage Sailing with Dan. And yeah. uh, you could have like a uh, little um, like a little puppet that kind of but kind of looks like a dink, but not really not. But not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. We, we just, you know, it could be your sidekick, Mr. Dickie or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, um, oh, dude, I think that would be cool. And then every week, Dan takes you on another Garage Sailing um, right. Yeah. yeah. Adventure. And sailing is spelled the sailing like a sail. Yes. Say S A L E or S A I L. Hey, everybody. well, look at that. Look at that antique coffee table, Mr. Dickey. What do you think of that? <laughs> really good, Dan. I think you should buy it, Dan. You could you could fix that up in no time, Dan. Mr. Dickey, there's a uh, an old. Um, a lamp uh, that's uh, been rusted and uh, worn through time. What could we do with that? Well, Mr. Dan, we could turn that into a wine rack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, really, really. There's Listen, there's no, hey, there's no end to the possibilities with something like that. Right. Get on. If it, Dan man. didn't want to leave a minute ago, now he really wants to get off the show. Hey, now he's Dan, really, really done. Yes. When batteries are no longer any good, how do you, Mr. Environmental, how do you dispose of them, Dan? 
first of all, uh, for the most part, not everything's uh, in, in need of it now, but I, uh, I bought re- uh, rechargeable batteries in my life. Mm. I always recharge them. Do you? But uh, when recycling batteries, you put them in a separate uh, little container and take them down to the uh, toxic waste dump and then give them to them. Okay. So when your flashlight, the batteries are no good and they're not rechargeable, you hop in the car and take them down to the... No, I, I do that place. once in a while. I put them okay. in a container off to the side with my other toxic waste stuff. I'm surprised you don't turn them into salt and pepper shakers, Dan. <laughs> surprised we haven't. With your uh, creative mm. ability. Yeah. I melt all my uh, metals down uh, and then, uh, you know, into separate piles. Wow. I, I think when Dan... <laughs> I had no idea because I hadn't lived with Dan in a long time. And I don't remember back in the 80s he was all that. He didn't care about the environment. Not as much as he does now. Yeah, I do. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he would watch me, like, take a paper towel and then see whether... He would see if I'm going to put it in recycling or was I going to put it in organic or the... Oh, God forbid... Baby Jesus forbid the garbage can. Oh yeah, but I learned. I learned that, uh, and he he taught me well that if you have a paper towel that's soiled with you know food waste on it, you are then allowed to uh, put that in the organic bin. But I learned. I learned what to do when Dan was there and when Dan was no longer there. You know what? <laughs> no longer go back to the way. No yeah, longer the around. Who gives, a, who gives a shit anymore? That's oh, right. Yeah. I give my sweet little wife credit for sort of kick-starting it here. And, you know, a couple of times in the past month or so, on garbage day, I have nothing to put out. But on recycle and um, what do you call the other little green thing where you put Green bin, organic thing? or whatever, yeah. On those days, jam-packed. Recycle and organic, jam packed. So mm-hmm. But actual on garbage day, I go for the garbage bin. There's no garbage in it. Oh, good for doll. At least somebody in your house cares. Yeah, and now um, Fred does. Howard, I do. Listen, uh, recycling Nazi. I've learned. I do my best. <laughs> Listen, man. We all try and contribute to this society where we can. Can right? Okay. You know, Dan, I'm doing my best. No, I can. Get it, yeah. Can 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 you do the can can? We're sitting on the can can, doing what you can can. Is that from your childhood again, too? Yes. Yeah. There was a lot of singing going on in your life at that time. Oh, better than crying. Yeah. You didn't sing in your childhood, Daniel. Except well, not the songs except that Fred for, sings. No. You didn't sing the can-can in church? No, nope, didn't sing that in church, no. Um, we got a couple of, uh, hang around here, Donald. We've got a couple of uh, email updates. Well, certainly one I have to uh, clear up right away. Hang on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, and by the way, just so you know, everybody, Hi guys. Uh, due to a golf commitment, that's right, Starting uh, starts this week. Uh, tomorrow, no show, but there will be an email show tomorrow, and uh, that'll be fun for people. So, Dan, just a note, you will not be doing the program tomorrow unless you want to come on and just hang out with people. Um, okay. So I made a mistake yesterday, as I often do. This is from Bob Luce. He says, hey, Howard, you are right about the fact people are mixing fentanyl with other drugs and it's killing them. But the sleeping drug and the one that killed Michael Jackson is propofol. 
As a doctor, I thought you would know, know, know that. And as soon as I saw Bob Lewis's note here, I was like, damn, that's exactly. I've never taken fentanyl. <laughs> what the fuck was I talking about? I've never taken fentanyl in my life. So when they put you to sleep under surgical conditions, I've had this twice. They use propofol, which is what Michael Jackson was using to help him sleep because it's a very powerful sleep agent. Wow. It put him in one hell of a deep sleep. <laughs> Eventually it did. So I wrote back to Bob and said, Bob, I'm completely wrong, as I often am, and we'll make this correction, if I can remember. Bob came back with, no worries, love you guys, resting heart rate 65. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we haven't done that for a week or so. Well, it's funny, you don't listen to the uh, email show, but Dan, clearly a third of the audience now, in their signature, will go... Some form of, you know, love you guys. Here's my heart rate. Here's a stool sample. <laughs> you know, that's where this is eventually going to go. Here's a picture of some poo on a stick I had to send the government. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm glad I made that correction. No, I've not done fentanyl. Uh, yes, I have had uh, propofol. So if anyone probably in the last 20 years uh, who's had surgery. Hi guys. We have another email, Hi guys. Uh, Frederick. Hi, guys. Yeah, from uh, Richard Bullis. Uh, Hi, guys. Prediction, he writes. I heard you talking about uh, King Chuck on the $20 bill. Much like Fred's prophetic words regarding the Florida-Boston series, I'm here to say that the amount of defaced and graffiti 20s will be enormous if Chuck's image is used. Mark my words. Laugh out loud. Much love. Rich, also known as Richard Bullis. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I, yeah. What can I say? You know, again, I'm reading here that apparently Howard Stern, <clears throat> the great Howard Stern, went off on the monarchy and King Charles and everything it represents yesterday. And I, I, I think again, this is a really pivotal part, a pivotal time. You know, where we could that twenty dollar bill, not a huge issue, but put a Canadian on it, really. Yeah, why not? And uh, there was a story I had yesterday. I've since deleted it, Daniel and Fred, that the Bank of Canada, I'm, I'm pretty sure, is thinking about going to some digital currency, not cryptocurrency, but digital currency because of the low numbers of Canadians that are actually using cash. I don't know if you all saw this story. Well, help me with what? How is that different than just using a bank card or a visa because it would represent a 20 a 10 a, a loony it's actual it would be a bank a um, see, i'm trying to find the story now hang on a second where did i put because it? you can load up a a bank card with cash yeah, so but it's not from the government it's not a government issued oh interesting oh so will it be like <clears throat> cash in that it's not traceable and you know all of that is it like well you know i shouldn't have started other than to say that i saw the story and i deleted it thinking it wouldn't come up today and now look here it is look here it is but basically that's it the bank is thinking of because but the, the, the part of the story that is germane here is the fact that the amount of people using cash in canada is at record lows when we got back from Mexico, I had no cash, and sweet little May, my granddaughter, was selling Girl Guide cookies, and they needed cash, obviously, when you sell it that way. 
So I went and got, I thought, oh, I'll load up. So I got 300 bucks, put it in my wallet. Oh, I gave Doll 100, if you need to know. And I still I do. have it I in my wallet. I you gave Doll 100? <clears throat> I still have it in my wallet. Mm-hmm. Because usually I have none, but whether I have some or none, I, I never need it. It's weird. <laughs> like a lot of things that happen to us, similarly, I've had zero cash in my pocket in Mexico pesos for sure i was carrying some oh, yeah. pesos mm-hmm. but here in canada usually no cash in my pocket uh i got paid uh for something somebody owed me some dough and i had like a couple hundred dollars in my pocket for weeks i didn't know what to do with it it just kept yeah. being because I, I, i'm so unused to having it there i just kept taking it out putting in the next pair of pants Panhandlers and buskers must be really getting a hit these days. They should be taken. Uh, well, said that many times. It's square. They've got to figure out some way of getting machines or something. Although I remember last fall, uh, I think I made the point about poppies, poppy sales in front of stores. But they have a tap service now for a poppy. Do they really? Poppy? Yeah. Mm. The little boxes they hold. Some are equipped now with the tap function. Which you have to do because you have the best of intentions. Sir, would you like to buy a poppy? Yes, but I have no cash. Like him and him and her and her, I have no cash. How do I buy one? And uh, even here in Brampton, a sign of the times at some of the off-ramps, they have people with the signs that homeless and God bless you. And But what do you give them other than a nice smile? and You, give, you know what? You give them what God's given them. Yeah, nothing. Here it is, finally the story. Um, it's called DigiDollars. The Bank of Canada wants you to know wants to know how you'd feel about swapping cold hard coins for a less tangible alternative. The DigiDollar would be called a central bank digital currency, CBDC, which is not cryptocurrency, as the how man already said. Eleven countries have launched their own CBDCs. With another 18, including China, India, and Australia, thinking about it. They found on an average made, uh, Canadians on average made only 22% of their purchases using cash. This is 2021. Down 11% from 2017, while contactless payments surged. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) I've actually thought this. If I've been in a store... Like at a grocery store and somebody's bill is like 140, 150 bucks for their groceries and they start paying with cash. I think, oh, they're laundering money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. Get rid of that cash. Yeah. Ethel. So that's Ethel be, old Ethel over that? there. Yeah. Yeah. Who does that? They're, uh, they're right. trying to get rid of that money. That's right. Where, where, where did that old lady with the babushka, where'd she get that cash? Is that drug money? <laughs> Ethel? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, I still don't really understand that, Howard, to be honest. Uh, exactly. But I don't understand cryptocurrency. So, you know, I'm not bright. I, I'm just trying to think. So if I get a Visa or like uh, my bank card and you can load it up with cash as far, you know, as opposed to debit, isn't that like electronic cash? Well, what is it? Is well, what is that? What, what's, what are you talking about? The government? What's the huh? difference? Yes. But what is the difference between a debit card and what you're talking about? Loading up your bank card with. Well, there's some. A debit card where you take it. Right. And it goes on and it takes the money directly from your bank account. Yes. You have it. There's others like parents with their kids. You can get a card and you can put oh, like a hundred yes. bucks on it. Right? I have no idea. And use it. Like, use it's, it. like it's a Visa card you load. 
load with money. A lot of people do it with their kids, right? So and that then, is the difference. So this would be yeah. the difference is that it's issued by the government. So instead of issuing a $20 bill, you mm. would go and it would be a digital card that represents a $20. Or it huh. would be something you could load onto your, I imagine you could load it onto your oh. phone. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but I don't know. I just find, I'm glad I finally found the story because I still need another propofol fentanyl mm-hmm. mistake on my books today, Dan. <laughs> Well, it's a part of the uh, old family. Yes, it is. See, a guy like Dan Duran, who measures twice, cuts once, this is the opposite of what you and I do. We don't even (laughs) fucking, we don't even, you know what? In our world, we don't even have a measuring tape. Uh, That's what I call scotch. Make me fall. Mm -hmm. That's what, uh, that's what I call my scotch. Oh, make me fall. That's good. (laughs) I like it. You know, it's uh, it's not as good as Stephen Wright's battery joke, but it's pretty good. No. <laughs> uh, well, I guess uh, I guess that's it. I guess we're done. Done. The show's over now. We've just come to a complete and utter grinding By the way, halt. With, with, with a no show tomorrow, what's the big uh, golf thing? Is there a big tournament that you're uh, getting? A big something or other? Is it, or is it just a golf game? Well, I wouldn't take the the day off just for a hey, buddy. You want to come play golf? Oh, I'm not that irresponsible. Okay. No, uh, tomorrow is a qualifier to get into a big tournament, and uh, it starts now. I have a tournament tomorrow, uh, two days next week, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the following week, and so on until it snows. Got you know, Dan, okay. you have your, like, what do you, like, you have your hobby, Whatever it is, you know. Whatever everybody has hobbies. I'm just was under. I was. I was wondering if it's a big, huge, exciting thing that you're. It's you always know, exciting. Ramped up about. Well, of course, I'm always ramped up and excited about something. That's how I'm going to go through life. You know that. Yeah. Okay. What are you ramped up yeah. and excited about? Well, no, I'm just let's just stay on the, the, the <laughs> golf thing. Like, what's the? I'm not attacking you. No, I know you're not. I no, I don't feel attacked. I'm curious. In your world, what are you ramped up and excited about? I'm excited about the trailer this weekend. Okay. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Is this a big trailer weekend or is this just like a everyday trailer yeah, weekend? Yeah, it's a big weekend for everybody showing up. So oh, really? Say hello to everybody. Yeah. It's yeah. opening weekend. See, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it funny? I. Yeah, I don't know. Fred's not so excited. Well, because he's done it for so long. That's true. You know, and he's reached the pinnacle of trailer you know opulence it's just the most beautiful whatever i don't even call it a motorhome but it's a beautiful edifice and uh i can see how he's bored of it well it's almost to the point where it's like you know you gotta start after all these years what's the next thing what's the next thing yachting maybe you can move over to yachting (laughs) no my wife gets seasick she can't all right any thought to like doing what my buddy uh, best friend dave does which he's got the big rv and he travels around no I don't want to drive a big thing around. Take your trailer with you? Be too stressed out. Dan, is there any way you can avoid getting a new trailer by just uh, putting up a big tent and then painting it to look like a trailer? (laughs) 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 That's not the way it works. But thank you for the idea. You know, I've thought about putting it. Just a big canvas uh, tarp, and they wouldn't even know. It would be one of those lifelike pictures. Yeah. I've seen in, uh, I think it was New Zealand, they have trailer parks there. 
and I think they call them caravan parks. Yes. And there, they actually put tents over their trailers. I don't know why, but there's... Really? Yeah. Big, huge canopy tents over their trailers. Interesting. Sometimes sometimes they have, you know, one flap that comes down on the tent side or whatever, but yeah, it's kind of... I don't understand why. Maybe just to protect you. You can get one of those fancy Cirque du Soleil tents and just put it over. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah, have, that's true. And I then could, every yeah. day you could put different uh, uh, vagina, 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 vagina puns as the name of the show. Twa- today, yeah. this week only, twatteria. Come on, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Mister Dicky to help you. Yeah, grab it, Dan. Grab that side, Dad. Mister mm-hmm. <laughs> Dicky, uh, Dan. No, I, I don't. I didn't want to deflect the the question about the golf tournament. No, I, this is. Uh, this is a good one. I'd like to qualify for it because, uh, you know, every year I qualify. I like to try and qualify for some provincial events, and you only get a couple of chances. So even though it's early in the season, tomorrow is one of my two or three, maybe four chances to qualify to play at the highest competitive level that I can. So it's exciting. But it's also early days, Dan. I haven't played that much since I got back from Mexico, and I have no uh, expectations of how I'm going to play. I'll do my best. You know, I've done this before. So is it in a, a local area? Or no, you, it is not. I'm, that's why I'm not going to be here, because I, I mean, as soon as the show's over today, I'll be getting into the, uh, the Tesla Model 3 and heading eastward to Belleville. Ah, Belleville. Nice. Yes. Okay. The uh, Belleville area. Is it uh, Quint, near Quinty? Does that make a sense? Uh-huh. Isn't the oldest uh, public golf course in Canada somewhere around there? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, the Quinty. Isn't that uh, Wellington? Don't they call that or something? Uh, oh, no. Um, uh, Prince Edward County. The county? Yes. Yeah. Yep. The uh, snobby people out there just call it the county. Who's uh, the coward of the county, I wonder? Well, hopefully it won't be me. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it won't be me. Dan, will you be, uh, and again, I hesitate because I never know anymore with you. You're, you tease us, you stick around, but I don't know if you're going to you know, do the news. Yeah, I'm going to be doing the news. I got some things. So, uh, Are yeah. you going to be talking about um, rapist uh, uh, Donald Trump or can uh, Howard and I? Uh, well, you guys go ahead well, on no, that one. No, sorry. Yeah. Sir, you didn't get charged with rape. The rape. T- yeah, the rape I, know. I know. It was know. taken off. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just playing into their hands, right? You, you lie and, uh, and uh, you know. Oh, I see you're doing Exaggerate and. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't rape. It was just sexual abuse. That's that's all. right. I think that was it. Was it sexual aggression? Aggression is that what it was called? No, he's liable for uh, sexual abuse and defamation. And, um, and defamation is the defamation part. What this, that when he said I, she's not my type is that is that the defamation part? Yes, and you know, um, accused her of lying and all that stuff. De- defamation of her character. Ah, I see. Yes, uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Still doing it, by the way. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Dan Duran. Always a and pleasure. He's, uh, he's going to be on CNN tonight. Yeah, that's too. right. But, well, yeah. that's what I will be getting a chance to talk about. The oh. town hall, man. That is going to be something else with our sweet angel, Caitlin Collins. I'll be watching. Yeah, me too. I know what I won't be watching. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> I'll know of the two things that are on tonight, I know one thing won't be disappointing Trump Town Hall. <laughs> No, and you know what? I, it's just you fear for the, that young woman, right? But I, I can't wait to see how she handles herself. Absolutely, because here's the thing yeah. about the Trump town hall. That guy's going to come for all three periods. He's not going to take time off. No, no, no exactly. He's not going to have any down moments where he doesn't give a shit. 
All right, Dan Duran's uh, lo- looking forward to your news, and uh, and when you uh, when you have someone like Dan Duran, it never fails. Uh, he's a good newsman, and he's a good friend of this show. Dan, just go and uh, look forward to coming back. Okay, we look forward to you. Thank you, my friend. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go off sailing. And then, uh, by the way, Trump, yeah. Uh, Trump, uh, the retirement Sherpa, will be here with us uh, today as well. You think you're gonna break yes, he will. It's your Wednesday. Ah, uh, guys, 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 guys. Hey, uh, Maple Leafs tonight. Um, I've told you uh, they're favored to win tonight. Of course, big time to lose the series. No surprise. Uh, go to Bowdog and you can check out the latest odds, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bowdog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. You know, I think it's really sweet, those people that have sort of dug in and said, oh, they're going to win this game four and you never know what's going to happen in game five. Where is that going to come from? That's all I ask. Where is it going to come from? Howard, over to you. I can't remember if I said this to you on the show or after the show or whatever the hell it was. Mm. But uh, if I've said it on the program, forgive me for repeating it. But Kiprio said something I thought was great. He said, you know, people say, well, they got to be more gritty. He said they weren't gritty in November. (laughs) They weren't gritty in February. How do you expect them to be gritty now? Blatantly not built for the playoffs. Do I'll tell you what is built, and that is a company known as Aaron Ventures. Boron One is what it's trading on. As I've mentioned before, maybe you get your Sherpa or the Sherpa to check this company out. They're trying to get Boron out of the ground. Why is that important? Because there's only a few places on the earth that do it, and AaronVentures.com can tell you more about their company, Boron One. Their strategy is to uncover and capitalize on these unique development opportunities. And I say unique because, you know, there aren't that many. And if you get some of it, it might be good for you going forward. Again, I can't tell you what to do, but uh, at least have your uh, people check it out at AaronVentures.com. Yeah, I ran into a bunch of my buddies at the golf course yesterday. I went to practice a bit and about five or six of the most sort of super leaf fans, including Captain Dave, who is just the best guy and he just loves his leafs. And he's the guy I told you his wife uh, duct taped him (laughs) once Mm -hmm. duct taped him to his uh, leaf watching chair. Mm -hmm. Uh, He gets so excited during the game. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had sent Dave a note earlier in the day about, you know, what our friend Kent Osborne said about how the choke, uh, the coach chokes first. And these guys would be the core group of people that believe the Leafs can come back. And you know what? As you said in the uh, Bodog spot, you know, good on them. Right. If you don't have hope, what do you have? Yeah. You know, there would have been yeah. a, there would have been a time. Maybe, I don't know when, but years ago, you would have said, oh, guys, you know, just win one and then we can win them all, you know? So say they win tonight and then they win game five and then they lose, say, game six and they go right and they've had a couple of victories. So you come away even from a situation like that. They should have won the series, didn't. 
in those two games that they won, where were where were where was that in games one, two, and three? You know what I mean? So it, there's no upside to this other than winning the series now, winning four straight, and that simply is not going to happen because they just don't have it within them. Um, I really believe there's a few members of that team that if they lose tonight, it won't take them long to be in. Woo! It's off-season mode. Mm -hmm. Time for some fun and relaxation. And uh, that's a horrible accusation to make. Well, yeah, it's an assumption. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just an assumption. The thing is, I'm going to watch both tonight. I'm going to be in a hotel room. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming the hotel TV will have the Leafs, but I'm bringing my computer simply for the reason I want to watch this town hall. And I know I, this is one of those times we have to keep explaining. Yes, it's American politics, but it's unprecedented. The guy, this Trump fellow, was found guilty yesterday of sexual aggression and defamation. He would, in any other time in our lives, I'm talking about you now, in any other time in our lives, this would be the most mind-blowing thing that ever happened. But with him, it's just another thing along the way. Um, you use the word guilty there. Nowhere can I find the word guilty. That's something I, yesterday. It's, you know, how, when it's a civil case, I never see, it's, has been found liable for those mm, things. Okay. And I, and, and I don't know why. I mean, what's the difference? It was a jury and they come out and said yes. And again, it was also clarified this is not rape, but sexual abuse. So even that distinction, I don't fully understand. I'd need somebody with a bigger brain to explain that all to me. But a jury of his peers, you know, 12 people that were selected. And here's where we're at in this world, in the United States of America. And quickly before Bruce comes, I wanted to mention that thing that happened in Vaughn. The judge told or recommended to the jury that they not let people know who they are. Isn't that great? Yeah. He said, you might, you know, you, you might, when you leave here, you might not want to talk about this or let people know that you were on the jury. Yeah. For their own safety. For their Isn't safety. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't yeah. that great? What a comment on. Uh, yeah. You're right. I'm looking at the story here from uh, The Guardian, which is, I guess, a UK paper I go to. The New York mm-hmm. jury, jury found, on Tuesday, found on Tuesday that Trump sexually abused the advice columnist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the verdict. Yeah, but it, but nothing says guilty, just fines. So the story in yeah, Vaughn. I think that's just a court semantics thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. It did not find Trump raped Carol, the jury, but did find him liable for sexual abuse. And I heard it yesterday with my guy, Jake Tapper. And did not understand it then any more than you and I do now. So in Vaughn is the story of the uh, Bud Light. It's just, you know, we've talked about on this show um, quite often about the fear of, you know, with social media and uh, the things in the United States, those attitudes, you know, taking hold or taking grip in Canada with all the yahoos. I mean, we have, you know, we have more than we need, but we got them. And this whole Bud Light controversy where every Yahoo in the United States has taken this on as some campaign to shun Bud Light when they don't even understand what happened or accurately know what happened. Oh, yeah. An incident at Vaughn, the beer store, Saturday night, uh, uh, a guy and a girl come out of the beer store and these two guys walk by them thinking uh, they're carrying Bud Light. 
So they start uh, flinging off these homophobic uh, slurs. Imagine that. And using the word Bud Light, oh, what are you going to do with the Bud Light? Anyway, apparently a horrible situation. So the girl sort of turns around and says something to them. These two thugs who on a Saturday night decided to assault somebody for the very fact that they were they had purchased some Bud Light. They beat the shit out of them. The girls assaulted. The guy has the the shit beat out of them. The people that apparently bought the Bud Light. And of of course, the two cowards jump on a car and take off. Turns out it wasn't Bud Light. It's something that looked like Bud Light. But that was a big priority for those guys that night. They saw somebody with Bud Light. And I guess they were watching their Fox News and they were reading their right wing, you know, social media posts. So it became a thing here. Right close to where we live, over a goddamn beer. Can you believe it? Well, a couple things. When we were talking about it before the show, I'd thought since then, you know, the two guys that obviously they're fucking psychotic that they could get that excited about somebody allegedly thinking that it was Bud Light. But quickly, just pause that for a second. Why didn't the couple just say, it's not Bud Light, you idiots. It's fucking, you know, whatever it was. Like, maybe how did that did. not come up? But maybe by that time, the pushback was done. And that's mm-hmm. they, they got they got into a fight. It started over the Bud Light, but it was about yes. something else. But but to go back to what I was going to say is you're two guys. You're on your way to the beer store. You're picking up some. What do you how can you care that much? Mm-hmm. Like, I know there are things that you and I hold strong viewpoints on, but I don't care that much about that many things that I would get into a dust up other than somebody hurting my kids. Do you know, I can't imagine getting that worked up anymore. No, especially over something as inane as the beer, a beer company's support, a tiny little, you know, we, we all know the story, how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. Well, even the guy from Anheuser-Busch said again yesterday that it was one posting they did one can or they gave her uh, a few cans. It was one posting. Right. Just a, an acknowledgement turned into this. And apparently Bud Light sales down 25, 26% in the United States. And again, you know, it's only beer. But what a, what a statement on a society. Yeah. That that many people have jumped on board to shun uh, or, or not buy Bud Light. It, it, and they don't even understand the fucking issue. Like, well, as my brother said uh, a couple of years ago, when he, the older brother, you know, Big Dave, his super brain, you know, it's not about the issues anymore. It's about identifying, you know, your team, your brand. Maybe we'll continue this conversation with a very big brain. I mean, I don't even know. When he comes on this program, it's probably like, oh, I got to talk to these two nitwits. But we'll try and keep up. For years, one of the uh, bright lights of sports reporting. Still still very bright, actually. Uh, Here for uh, CBC, and he's moved out to Western Canada. Full disclosure, I'm from Moose Jaw, so don't try and talk any of your Western Canada nonsense at me. Uh, Please welcome back. uh, You know him from notthepublicbroadcaster.com. And a lot of people here in Toronto remember the uh, wit and wisdom of Bruce Dobigan. Hello, Bruce. Hi, boys. How you doing? Every day's a gift, Bruce. Every goddamn day. 
tell me. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in Toronto. That's that's how much of a sacrifice I'm making for you guys. <laughs> good boy. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Uh, I had actually a good friend of mine uh, passed away, and I had to speak at his memorial service on the weekend. Uh, Rob Bennett was probably one of the two or three big concert promoters in town for about 30, 35 years. Oh. Uh, did a lot of work in the radio station that you guys uh, used to work for. Uh, he was, uh, in terms of the, the, the acts that he brought in and oh, okay. the, the, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I came in for that on Sunday, and uh, now I'm seeing a bunch of people, including you guys. Well, we you appreciate guys. you, man. I, well, I thought about that this morning. I thought, oh, Bruce is getting up at 6 o'clock for us. Nice guy. Exactly. I don't do that. I, I, I do thought that. the same we, thing. We tried the 6 o'clock thing a few yeah, weeks like, ago. Dude, I thought this was ma- he was making a big sacrifice for us. <laughs> now I don't. I, I, it's, it's taking a little bloom off the proverbial Alberta Rose. Uh, did you hear us talking about, and we've had many conversations about this, and and before we dive into woke versus not woke, as a guy that's been around media as long as you have, you know, you, you and I and Fred both predate social media. What, what is your thoughts when you hear a, a couple being beat up over allegedly having a Bud Light purchase mm-hmm. at the LCBO? Yeah, well, I, I just heard your, your comments about you, what's your brand? I mean, there's two brands. Uh, and you belong to one or the other, and you belong exclusively to them. And your other job is to make sure that the other brand gets banned, etc. I mean, it's uh, I, I had a couple of coffees yesterday with some the guy who hired me to CBC 1985, and then Steve Pakin, who you guys probably mm-hmm. know from TV, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we've been friends for a long time. And we agree about nothing anymore in terms of politics. We're still good friends. You know, mm-hmm. we, at the end of the day, we shake hands. We we agree about nothing because. Not only do we have this thing about going to our separate brands, but we've also in the last, let's say, 10 years have developed the portals that we're going to learn our life or see our life through. So, you know, here in Canada, you can choose the CBC, CTV, Globe and Mail one, or you can sort of choose the Toronto Sun, um, you know, conservative side. And and that's that's what you watch. That's what you listen to. And you hear their interpretations. You know, again, for instance, the the, the, the Trump result yesterday. I mean, I heard what they thought they they saw from the results. I told them what I thought they saw from I saw from the result. And it wasn't the same thing. Well, tell us what you saw. I saw somebody who couldn't remember a thing about how it happened, other than the fact that she had a conviction that this had happened. Uh, tw- I think it's 27 years ago, and it's supposedly mm-hmm. in a change room somewhere. The jury obviously didn't believe that aspect of the story, but then they <laughs> then they convicted Trump of slander for telling the world that what she had said was not true. Uh, that's my interpretation of it, but... You know, I, I also know that uh, a guy like Trump that, uh, you know, he, he's a bit of a liberal. He was a bit of a libertine. And if it wasn't this woman, it might have been somebody else. I have no illusions that this guy is a saint. But, it, you know, in terms of in terms of the, the society and what holds us together is we when we have uh, verdicts, legal verdicts, they have to be seen to be fair. Uh, they they can't be seen like New York City. You know, that's that's a hanging judge there for for, for Trump. Anything they're going to put through there, he's going to get accused of. And but in another domicile, he can get away with murder, etc. People don't have the conviction right now that things are fair for uh, for them in certain places, that they will get a result that's, that, that's fair. And so they pull back to their own tribe, their, their own friends. They put on their jersey. See, I got my Detroit Tiger jersey thing. Nice. Here on. Yeah. That's yeah. And that, that's all that's all a result of social media and slanted and lies and misinformation um and just so we're clear here he was found liable of sexual abuse so 
What yeah, but the sexual abuse was that supposedly he raped her, but the jury said he didn't rape her. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, which, by, which, by the way, we both are. It's, it's a bit confusing. Even when I heard the verdict, I was listening at mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon. I didn't understand how to separate those two. And you make an interesting point that we all sitting here know he's mm-hmm. done some raping. Let's be yeah. fair. I mean, the guy is we have a guy mm-hmm. that regularly contributes to our show who used to work with him on The Apprentice. Yeah, he's more than a bad dude. So whether he whether this particular nuanced legal ease, but something happened and the defamation wasn't just that he said he didn't remember her because he's also lying. He remembers her. But uh, it's the it's the saying of, you know, the all the things he said about her. But it is confusing. So maybe you can explain the difference between rape and uh, what was it? Sexual aggression. Well, it's 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 proof. She got, they gave her a consolation prize. It, it's right. like the Kavanaugh hearing when they had him up for for the, mm-hmm. the Supreme Court, and some woman sort of vaguely remembered something from thirty five years ago. She couldn't remember where, when, who was else was there, etc. But the, the media needed a cudgel to beat Trump over the head with, and I, it was one of the most disgraceful moments in, in in media was was how they took that that woman's claim, which no one could verify. And and they blew it up into a reason to, to keep the guy out of the Supreme Court. But like, the thing that people don't understand, like if you're a, a liberal person, the thing you don't understand about Trump is that his biggest mistake was going around the political establishment in the United States to get elected president. It was all set out that Obama and then you would have Clinton and all the people would have jobs and they'd have nice apartments in D.C., etc. And he went around it. He went around the Republican establishment. He went around the Democratic establishment. And then he spent the next four years punishing him for it. Uh, and whatever ways they could, they did. And you know, they impeached him twice or tried to impeach him twice. All these these, these cases, the, the Mueller inquiry about, uh, about Russia putting him in office etc. They couldn't find a thing, but they just basically punished him. And the idea was to say, don't try to do this. You have to come through us. We are the power in this country. And Canada is similar, but we're the power in this country. You got to come through us if you want to be president, if you want to have influence. And Trump didn't do that. And they punished him for it. Do you think he was great for America? Did he make America great again? Uh, wow, that's, that, that was a headline. That was a, that was a slogan. I, I, listen, during his time in office, right up until COVID, the economy was was pretty solid. It was pretty good. Well, yeah, he took the uh, ball. He, he he was handed the economy ball from a yeah. pretty successful o- economy. Obama, who took it from the bottom to the top and handed it to Donald. Right. The uh, well, yeah, that's the Obama interpretation of it. Obama well, it did, got, he did, Bruce. It no, was two thousand eight. He got he look right. what look what Obama was handed in two thousand eight, and then what. He handed uh, Trump in 2016. Right. Well, and, and Trump improved. What I would say about 2008 is that's like getting a glass with like about a quarter full and there's lots of room to, to fill it up. By yeah. the time he passed mm-hmm. it, the economy passed on to Trump, it was almost full. So, I mean, the amount that Trump could top it up at that point was not was not significant. Right. Yeah, but, but I think you misinterpreted mis- 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 my question. Do you think he was yeah, not not economically, not economically or do you think he was? And I want to talk about sort of the existential crisis that I think is going on in America and it's going on here and around the world. And it starts with this, what we've talked about, the Bud Light social media portals. Do you think he and his presidency was good for America four years later? Because my thinking, and I speak on behalf of my buddy here, I don't think it's a better place now. I don't think he left. I don't think he left. Yeah, it's a different place. And we've uh, we all have seen in our lifetimes. It's a very, very different, dangerous place. 
Well, I, I think I think the the uh, picking sides thing started with the Obama election, uh, and and all of a sudden it became very important to, to be which side you were on. Again, it depends which side you're on in America. Uh, if if you were uh, on the on the the side that had voted for, for for Trump, you thought it was yes, it's our turn. This is we. It's not just one voice. And and again, when I say this, I'm not saying it's just Democrats. I'm saying the Democrats and Republicans and all the the place servers and all that sort of stuff in Washington. Those people. People. They're the ones who were put out by. Uh, but how could it have been a better place? Again, when you spent four years trying to delegitimize his presidency, he later tried to delegitimize Biden's. But in the, in the end, they did that for four years. Nothing could get done. Nothing could, could really be accomplished of any note. And then, of course, COVID happened. I think COVID was the was the rotten cherry on the on, on the soda on the Sunday for a lot of people. I think it's just, just another our society. Just another thing that happened to poor old Donald Trump, because <laughs> everywhere he turns, somebody's after him, and it's never his fault. No, well, they used it. Saying. They used they used it against him. And, and actually, what's interesting about COVID too is not just well. Of course, they used it against him. Look yeah. at the ridiculous things he said through it. Right, but nobody nobody went after Trudeau in Canada uh, in the same way about COVID. There were very few people who pushed. One of the reasons that DeSantis is in the position DeSantis is in is because he was one of the few people who said, wait, we're not going to close down the schools. We're not going to mask everybody up, mm-hmm. et cetera. And, and he got a lot of points for, from his block for being defiant. And, and I think Trump's biggest mistake with his base, not with everybody else, but I think his biggest mistake with the base over COVID was that he basically succumbed to the, to the administration, to the, to the bureaucracy on healthcare, and he just handed them the country and let them run the country because right. they shut it down and all that stuff. I'm, I'm getting the impression that you actually support the guy, which is fine. Fred, don't no, come on, come on, come on. I'm, no, what no. I'm trying to do is put no, him no. in a historical. No, no. Here, here's what I scumbag. No. Of course he is. No. Exactly. I say, and I was just going to say that because through all of this, at the end of the day, you know, as Howard said, America's. It's not a very nice place, I think, because of him. And I think, you know, you just go back through, you know, politics is politics. It's just he's not a very nice human being. And again, every at every turn, he's caught in a lie. Uh-huh. So, do you think Bill Clinton was a nice guy? No, no. Just, let, let, I, I don't I, want to talk about yeah. I'm no, asking no. what you what you've the definition no, of, course, of no. a nice listen, guy. Well, listen. Okay. I don't want to talk about Bill Clinton. We're talking about Donald Trump. Oh, well, then, but I'm just asking you what your standard is. You just said you have a standard for what is a good guy or a bad guy. And I'm saying, you think? do you think that Bill Clinton was a good guy? And, and his effect on America was good. All the stuff with, with Monica Lewinsky and that stuff. Do you think that was good? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely but, not. But, but let I me, think but, that started a, a process but, really in America where we had people what? at the highest levels of authority kind of flaunting it. Absolutely. Well, but, but there's a difference. If I can just finish, yeah, let Fred make this point because I think it's a good one. My point is, politics is politics. I heard Dr. Phil, of all people, say this. He said, 50 years later, we've been through. It's almost 50-50 who's run America, and look where we're at. Politics is politics. Now it comes down to decency. And he's an indecent son of a bitch. And he is. He's just a rotten person who has influenced the the underbelly of America. And that's Donald Trump's legacy. And again, what really, what did he do for America? What did he do? He, the economy, as you said, it was a little, 
a, a small measure of improvement. Mm. All he did was really, like never before, turn people against each other. And, and Bruce, before you answer, yeah, Bill, we've talked about this. Bill Clinton was a bad dude. Uh, you know, there's lots of stuff that went on in the Clinton administration. What he and, and Trudeau had his troubles, has his troubles. What I'm, what, what, what we're sort of getting at is, if you think about the way COVID was handled in mm. different parts of the world, the way he handled it. It made it worse when he's coming on television talking about putting fucking bleach in your eyes and shining lights. He never said, look, okay, again, but wait, wait. You guys have been listening to too much no, CNN no, I, and MSNBC. Yeah, but, he uh, never said the thing about the bleach. Okay, hang on. He, he's he, okay. Let's look. I'll get. He said something to the effect of that, but he sowed a, a sense that it was going to go away. It was no big deal. Listen, I read the uh, what's the what's his name's uh, the all the president's men guys book about him, Donald Trump was Woodward Bernstein. Thank you. By all measures, listen, you can say what you want about Bill Clinton, but he wasn't a dummy. You can say what you want about George Bush, not a dummy. Say what you want about Obama. Pretty George bright. Bush wasn't a dummy? Not, well, not old George okay. Bush, not new George Bush. Oh, new George Bush. Yeah, old okay, George yeah, wasn't yeah. a dummy. New George, George Bush. It. I'll tell you what, though. New George Bush was a dummy, but he wasn't a dummy in this way. The, everyone around him, by all reports, feels at the highest level that Donald Trump was ill-equipped to be the commander-in-chief. And what he did, and you make this point, what he did is he unleashed this, because you can say there was portals of teams. There's always been that. But Donald Trump gave voice to those people from Charlottesville on. When, when a president says there are good people on both sides, and don't deny he fucking said that. When you say that, with all these racists yelling, Jews will not replace us, that's unprecedented. That's not oh, well, a, yeah. that's not I a bill. I wish I had the transcript yeah. of what he had said there. It, because it, that's not a said, Bill Clinton move. He immediately, he immediately said that the, the racists and people have no place in America. In the same speech, he, he was quite clear about it. But he was trying to say that there were all sorts of people at, 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 the, at the, the rally. Okay. But again, this is, this is the, the CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, reality which they've served to you guys and canadians believe and you don't and you don't think you're being served a reality from fox news from rebel you don't think that's where you you know wait a second you don't think your portal feeds you what you want here's here's the difference no bruce does your portal not feed you what you want just give me a chance to answer this Here's, here's the difference. When you're a conservative, you live in a liberal world. The media is liberal. The culture is, is liberal, etc. I know exactly what you guys think. But cons- but uh, liberals don't live in a conservative world. There's no conservative media for them to listen to. There's nothing for them to see, etc. So they don't have the they don't have a perspective. I know exactly what you think about this sort of thing. But you have no idea what the conservatives are because you're not living in a conservative world. So what, okay. what should we know? Just, yeah. just, just, uh, hold on. Hold on. What is a conservative? Because I've. That's all I ever vote in Canada. Right. A, conser- a conservative is a person who doesn't believe that the government is the answer to everything. Well, mm. who does? I'm just oh, talking about... Who does? Wait, wait a Justin minute. Trudeau does. We're just talking... And I'm, I, I can't stand Justin Trudeau. I'm right. just talking... About, we're talking about decency here. And, and if you want to play whataboutism, you talk about N- or, uh, MSNBC and CNN. What do you think of Fox? Now, now that they've uh, they have the uh, jettisoned to Carlson, I think they're dead in the water. Oh, you he thought there, he, he you was thought there, he, he was their, their bright light. Yeah. So you think you well, think he was Tucker their money Carl- ticket? I won't say bright light. I'm, I no, will no. say he was their money ticket. Okay, that's but a difference. Do you think if you sat and watched Tucker Carlson, you were getting the truth or decency? I got. I was getting another perspective on the news, is what I would say. And Even though it was proven he's a liar, and he, his own company said he can't be taken seriously. Fred, Fred, we had four years 
of all of your favorite media people saying that the Russians elected Trump. And we now have the documents that show that the whole thing was manufactured. And, and Hillary Clinton was fined over $100,000 for launching that story. So for four years, we had everybody saying that that's the truth. And it wasn't the truth. So I'm, I guess what I'm, I'm getting back to, and the, you know, the bigger picture is, it's not about politics anymore. It's about culture. It's a cultural yeah, It's about decency, Bruce. Well, decency. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who think that what happens in, in, in Washington is totally indecent. The way they spend their money, the way they get absolutely. But one thing, one thing for, for but, Trump but, too but, as well. And again, but, but I, don't I was going to say, I, Bruce, that's just Paul. Here's the thing: there, yeah. and 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 I vote. I have voted conservative probably more often than not. But there was a time years ago where you and I and Freddie could have a discussion about the politics and policies of government and the right. way society is run. And we'd be like, yeah, man, you know, sometimes that policy right. affects us this way. And we live here in Canada. And so the government's more involved, et cetera. We could have that conversation. Okay. But what's happened is uh, there was an old CFNY song, the politics of the, the there's a there's a phrase I'm, I'm I'm losing it. But it's like the culture. It's a culture political landscape now because. Right. You say we, you know, we live in a, a liberal world, but we don't. I mean, I get all the Fox News. I follow all those people. I get a steady diet of it. And well, you're I can, an exception. But I, I can, can tell you you're I, an well, exception. No, so is he. But I can tell you, yeah, you're right. Those people don't dip their toes into it. But Fred and I do because it's fascinating to us. But when you read the tweets from Tucker Carlson, uh, about how much he hated Trump, how they knew the election wasn't stolen. Right. We have, like, they all knew it. And the difference between a liberal bias right. and a Fox bias is if CNN knew the election was stolen, they would report it. Fox really, didn't. Really? really. You think again, but, after four years of lying up and down yeah, the but wall we're talking, about, we're the talking about the election about now. The closing. We're we'll talking about... Yeah, anyway. yeah, we're talking now, about the let election. Me ask you a question. I'll ask you a question about decency. And again, I've said he's a scumbag. I understand that. He was a guy in the 80s New York City. It was mm-hmm. the sexual revolution. No, um, guys were having it off in dressing rooms all over the place, I'm sure. But we're, but talking, about, we're talking about just specifically now, Tucker Carlson and Fox. Were, oh, okay. They're, they're uh, sued by Smart Tech. They're sued by Dominion. Uh, I know. Can I just jump in here? Um, We've all been trained in the media. I was an information gatherer for 30 to 40 years. I watch a lot of cable news. And yeah, they all have their flaws. But I'm a rational thinking guy. I watch CNN and I watch Fox. Uh Compared to Fox, CNN is a shining beacon of truth. Then why do they have half the ratings that, that Fox does in the United States? You know States? why, Bruce? You know why? It's and just C- like it's NBC, right? it, it, all, the, the same reason right. some of the shittiest, most base television sitcoms right. and everything That's have right. the most listeners. Right. Because, because Fox is catering to the lowest common denominator in the United States. Plus, CNN, MSBC, MSNBC, and all these other networks, they have to share the decent people in America. Because oh, Fox- like Gavin, Gavin Newsom in, in California. Yeah. The well, let, let, let me answer anyway. it. Let me answer oh, it for you. Before, Bruce, because you were a guy in TV. Here's why Fox has more ratings. And I, I love this analogy. More people watch Wheel of Fortune than ever watch David Letterman, but don't tell me it's a better show. Yeah. 
Yeah, but those are presenting different products. These are, this is a new show versus a new show. No, I This is apples and apples. Uh, and, right. anyway, just, just one final thing I would say yes. is what is your position about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and how that whole story was, 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 was hidden before the, the election, etc.? We now know that uh-huh. we know that. So in other words, what I'm saying is I, I agree with you about Trump. We, we agree about mm-hmm. Trump. But what I'm saying is the whole thing is a mess at the moment. But somehow liberals are trying to pretend that theirs doesn't smell. Less, it's and less hey, messy. I agree. The Biden family was shaking down people for, for decades. And, and we had that story hidden by the mainstream media. It was proven before the election and they buried it. And that's well, one of the reasons Biden got elected. Bruce, Bruce, we were saying this yesterday. OK, let's impeach him. They're in a position now to impeach mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Let's Why go. Haven't they done where it? is yeah. it? What's happening? Where's where, let well, game on? Let's they're have it. Well, well, Fred, for your information, there's a mm-hmm. congressional hearing. There's a congressional investigation right now into these things to form the basis for an, an impeachment. The question will be, will he still be president by the time they get around yeah. to it? Because I think the Democrats want to get rid of him. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I think he's a loser. Yeah, I don't think for a second that, you know, he and I are sitting here going, you know, Joe's the guy. He's not the guy. Not at all. Right. And um, I, it, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. No, no. And, you but, but I'm just Hunter, saying the balance listen, in journalism. Whatever you think about Hunter Biden's laptop, it didn't incite a site a fucking riot at the nation's capital and don't pretend that he didn't and that well uh, and, and the other thing is may, 20, may 29th 2020 th- there was a riot outside the white house the antifa people tried to burn down the white house they ended up burning down a church right to the right of it a hundred so uh, uh, security people were injured in that riot we never heard anything about it it was all it was it was our people who were, who were because rioting. about it we heard about it because it wasn't Bruce, the day there was supposed Bruce, yeah. to be the electoral college vote count bruce right yeah well this was they were trying to get into the into the white house okay. to go after all trump right. the antifa people were all right so yeah they're terrible but i'm you just know saying what? you have to balance everything out yes yes there, there's lousy stuff here there's lousy stuff there and you have to understand fred you have to understand that there is an america outside of of dc and new york city and, and the coastal elites and yeah. it's not scumbags and it's not all people who put their their cars on the lawn and he and he's a lot of them some do some do he could have well, yeah don't forget the people and don't the forget the, hey don't forget the people in the republican party could have taken that yeah. nomination in 2016 Oh, what did Trump say? We're going to close the border. We're going to stop foreign wars and we're going to stop dealing with the Chinese. And that was a huge winner, a vote winner. From yeah. Hillary said, ah, I don't need that stuff. Yeah. He became president. Yeah, don't forget the people shooting. Don't forget the people shooting each other in the day every day. As yeah. far as the Antifa stuff and, you know, the other riots that are pointed at by people that when you bring up the insurrection, those were social yeah. uprisings. The other one so was an insurrection. Wait, wait a minute. It, that's the other not one, social? That, those people who, who went to the White House that day, that wasn't a social uprising? No, that, that was an insurrection. A cultural that, uprising? No, it was not. Yeah. Social, uh, because all those other people, you know, yeah. suppressed people, got the raw end of the deal, and, and that's how it manifests. These mm-hmm. guys just wanted to overthrow the government. Okay. Two, two completely different Bruce, things. Bruce, before we let you go, and by the way, we appreciate your uh, candor, and it's always fun <laughs> talking to you. Um, I, want I love to, coming to Toronto. I want. <laughs> well, I know because listen, I, you live out there in this western bubble. I'm I'm from there. I lived in Calgary for years, and of course, you know, uh, love the uh, the province. It's not you know, quite the way it was when you were there, by the way. Well, no, it's, when it's I was there, that was the beginning gentrified. of the Aryan. It was the home com, home of the Aryan nations in Canada. So, you know, there was some well, of that there. Not anymore. What I'm saying is the city has changed. I've been there 22 years, yeah. and it's changed a lot. I, I, I agree. I was in there. Calgary last June, and it is, it's unbelievable to me how much bigger the city feels than it used to feel. Yeah. Anyhow. But so, I want everyone to go to see uh, Bruce's... Uh, 
His website's called notthepublicbroadcaster.com. And it's not oh, just... talk about the Leafs. I was going to... No, before you go, I was going to say, it's not just <laughs> politics. Lots yeah. of sports stuff. So we've got about... We, got, we have another client here coming up. So okay. in the last three or four minutes... Uh, Let's take a little quick uh, cruise through the Leafs, and then sometime down the future, in the future, I'd love to talk live golf with you because I find that whole thing very fascinating as well as a, yeah, yeah, as yeah, a golf sure. journalist myself. But, uh, Freddie, do you have any questions about the Leafs for uh, Bruce? No, I, there's not a lot to say. I mean, we, we see what we got. We got a team that's not built for the playoffs, right? Yeah, I, the, the analogy I use is that in the regular season, you can be a rattlesnake. You can strike quickly, you can poison people, et cetera, and, and pull back and get away with it. In the playoffs, you have to be a boa constrictor. You have to mm-hmm. wrap yourself around your opponent and slowly just squeeze the life out. And that's what's happening right. to the Leafs. And Good what's analogy. really what's really galling for us in Calgary, of course, is to watch Matthew Kachuk basically the one-man show for Florida. He's galvanized that team. And we saw him in the playoffs last year. He knew he was out of there. And he, and he basically waltzed through the playoffs. He mm. did none of this stuff in the playoffs last year. And people in Calgary are really bitter watching him because they say if he played like that with Goudreau at that time, they, they might have gotten past Edmonton. Hey, what about, what about the Calgary uh, connection? I was telling these guys when I lived there in the early 80s, I used to have uh, Plaplinski and uh, Lanny and uh, Paul Reinhardt on my show. Yep. And yeah. there's young Paul. There's Paul Reinhardt's kid, Sam, having yeah, a nice Sam, series. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. I mean, I, I live down in Florida. Well, I live. I stay in Florida a little bit in the wintertime, a couple of months, et cetera, not far from uh, Sunrise. And the, the team is no, <laughs> has been nowhere. You would go to the arena and all there would be visiting fans, et cetera. So I'm happy for them that they're getting something to cheer for. Um, you know, the Heat is doing well, too. So, unfortunately, they're not getting all of the 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 the, the, pop, the uh, popular opinion in, in the area, but it's it's really it's really playoff hockey. I think there's just a statistic this gambler did. He said in 80 percent of the series, you'd have to have a best of 51 for the favorite to be guaranteed to win. That's hockey. <laughs> and that's hockey playoffs. And and as I guess you guys know, if you get in the playoffs, you got a ticket. Uh, the Flames in 2004 were a terrible team, and they got to within a game of the Stanley Cup. Well, that's the frustration for Leaf fans with Tampa out, and then Boston out, and then. Uh... You know, I mean, there seemed to be a clear path to, yeah. you know, yeah. a clear. Well, they were favored to win the Stanley Cup after the first yeah. round and to see what's happening. And again, you mentioned the fans in Sunrise. That's another tragedy here in Toronto because the following the Leafs have, you know, yeah. I'm in Home Depot the other day. And that's all I heard in the aisles. All the guys, all the contractors, how heartbroken they were over the Leafs. That's, what I that's not happening in Sunrise. Yeah, no, and it's too much pressure. It oh, is, absolutely, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. I said yeah. to Fred, you know, yeah. Toronto, Toronto, <laughs> Toronto fans—they're the Wrexham of the National Hockey League. <laughs> Um, and you talk to the agents, and what the players want today is they want to go to a, a, a state in the United States that's tax-free. They want to go to a place where it's warm so that their family is warm during the winter. And they want to go to a place where they can leave the rink and not be bothered. Well, this, Toronto, was, yeah, Toronto this, was none of those. Yeah, this ain't that place. Yeah. Well, right, I, 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 and I really believe that, Bruce. Um, if the Leafs lose tonight over the next couple of nights, they're uh, out of the playoff. It'll be the last playoff that Austin Matthews ever plays for the Leafs. Well, because he'll be like trading Johnny Goodrow last year. Yeah, Johnny be Goodrow tra- basically told them, I was yeah. sorry, Kachuk told him I'm not coming back. And that's exactly. And they've got to get an answer out of him. Kachuk took the Flames to the middle of July. He has to tell them before the draft whether he's staying or going. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. All right, Bruce Dobig, this won't be the last time we have you on the show not the public broadcaster always a pleasure catching up with you enjoy your time here in the center of the universe as you remember it 
Thanks, you. It's good to see you again. Thanks good to see you. Okay, argument. All right, okay, my man. man. <laughs> Take care. See you later. Keep okay, keep bye. keep it keep it going. Hey, yeah, stay On strong. The down low. Stay strong, Bruce Dobing. Uh, stay strong. Me and Rex Murphy, baby. All right, baby. Have you uh, done the uh, Bodog? I can't remember. Was it Bodog yes, you were Okay. So maybe you uh, chat a little bit about the Chamber Plan. Oh, the Chambers of Commerce Group yeah, Insurance yeah. Plan. Yeah, that one. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. It's all there. Go to chamberplan.ca, dental and prescriptions and travel insurance, HR component. Uh, very progressive now. They're into the mental health thing where they'll make sure you're okay and hook you up with the right people who can help you through your struggles. Again, it's all-encompassing. Uh, the premium's very affordable for a small business, the way it's structured. Again, go to chamberplan.ca today and find out how that works. Uh, and they've done a great job of holding the line on premiums over the years as well. So it's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan at chamberplan.ca. Our newest sponsor, and happy to have them with us, Architect Outdoor Living, the largest and oldest outdoor living builder in North America. 88 locations, building more than 150,000 projects since 1980. Our new clients are the uh, Toronto East Branch location owners, the Keats, Stacey and Craig, and they're general contractors. And what that means is they... They are general, but they specialize in outdoor projects only, which is good news for you if you're looking to do a porch, a patio, an outdoor kitchen, pool house, hardscape, or deck. And let me tell you, they build a lot, in capital letters, a lot of decks. They design and build beautiful outdoor living spaces for homeowners, and they're very, very good at it. They do this because... They love helping clients turn their ideas into realities. Now, these two people are just regular folks. They've been in your shoes, too. It can be intimidating, overwhelming, and scary to try and navigate a renovation project. A lot of people find it hard to find contractors who are experts, who handle the project management part as well, and also communicate. That, my friend, is what Architect does so well. And these people have been doing it for a long time. It comes with a guarantee. I've told you about that before. Find out for yourself, though. Give Craig and Stacy a, a call. Just get a hold of them by going to Architect.com and look for them, the Toronto East Contractors. Architect.com. You know, we got our troubles here in uh, Toronto, Canada. There's a... Uh, I'm kind of surprised I was going to wait a bit to bring this up, but we'll do this while we're mm-hmm. waiting for the Sherpa. But there's a story out of Oakville. Oh, there's the Sherpa. Shit. Um, maybe we'll do it later. But there, I, there's a story out of Oakville. They're having a fuck Trudeau rally. This is what it is. They're having a rally at an Oakville Canadian tire. And I only bring up the rally because it's, uh, it's weird that it's actually at... It's this Saturday at Hyde Park Gate, Oakville. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in their poster, excuse me, in, in the poster, they, like, it's, you know, it's the F Canadian uh, or F Maple Leaf CK Trudeau party at a right. Canadian Tire parking lot. I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. that. Nice. Yeah, that, yeah, nice. 
You know, it's oh, I know. there's so always you'll take, your, you'll take your kid to Canadian Tire and have to walk by the flags and the cursing. Right. Yeah, it'd be great. The thing is, there's always been political uprising on both sides, mm-hmm. but it's got a different flavor to it now, mainly because of social media and people can all hunker down together. But I just thought I'd pass that on while we're waiting for the uh, Sherps and why. Looky here, Fred. The Sherpa mm-hmm. is in the house. Sherpa. There's a Sherpa. Good morning, oh, gentlemen. There, there we go. There we go. Here we go. There he's back. He's back, everybody. I'm back for good. No going anywhere for a while, especially because we're getting a little, little puppy on Saturday morning. Oh, how exciting. Are you what, what kind of puppy are you getting? It's been a couple of years without Gator, right? So mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, what's that? What kind of puppy are you getting? Oh, uh, it's a cockapoo. It's going to be a female, as per Lorna's uh, wishes. And, of course, to keep my craziness theme going, she'll be called Allie. Ah, very nice. Allie Gator. Ah, yeah. well, why not? You know what? Why not? How was? I'm comfortable with it, Howard. You know, that's what we think. You know, this is going to be a puppy that's going to be peeing and pooping all over the house to begin with? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Timmy, yeah. I didn't know this, but I had, the, morning. I had this conversation with Spencer last night, and they asked me, because uh, talking about Stan getting older, and Spencer said, uh, would you get another dog right now? And I said, I would do something like, I might adopt an older dog, but I don't know that I have it in me to go through the, you know, day one puppy stage again, but good on you for <laughs> for taking that plunge. I'll report back next Wednesday on the brilliance of that strategy. <laughs> okay. Well, and we and we got to share with the audience some puppy pictures of Allie Gator. Oh, absolutely. come on! Uh, it of course time once again to check in with this uh, this genius. Uh, in most cases, he is uh, the retirement Sherpa, Tim at RaymondJames.ca. And uh, here we are again, uh, talking about uh, some vital things for you and your portfolio management. Right, so something we probably don't touch on enough is estate planning. Uh, most people, you know, just kind of think about their... I uh, just got an email from a client this morning on something said, hey, last month is great, thanks. And, you know, we, we just kind of worry about the, the small stuff sometimes. Uh, so our role is to make sure that, as Stephen Covey would say... You know, our clients begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want all your hard work to create in the future? And there's several things to think about along the way, is there not? Absolutely. With- well, mo- most people, of, of course, in, in the short term would think, hopefully, and act on it about wills and powers of attorney. They... they function two different ways and and it's been statistically proven you're not going to die just because you do a will so i just want <laughs> to put that is that, put is that the fear people don't like to do this stuff because they're thinking okay if i do a will then it's just a clear path to death uh, well i'd imagine for some like anything in the world right i, I mean uh it, it, it's just making it more real i guess sure right? it's an making uncomfortable it conversation well is probably uh, like we all like to do on many things in life is just kind of procrastinate on the, the parts we think we might not like. But mm-hmm. really, if you think about it, like anything from the right angle, you're in control that way. So it's a good thing. It, it's certainly not a bad thing. Lorna and I in our, our drive up, we're just, 
you know, discussing our wills and if we should update them. Of course, they exist. And all it's something that people should talk about probably once a year. And, you know, um, there's the uh, cutting corners, too, with wills. A couple of times in, in the past year, um, I want to update our wills. And I had, I've asked a couple of buddies, like, um, who did you get to do your wills? And uh, they said, oh, we did it online. You can get it online and follow the instructions. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure I want to do that. What would your – have you heard of that, um, Tim? Aren't you better off just paying the money and having an expert do it? Well, as an expert who gets paid lots of money to, you know, do stuff for people, it's kind of hard for me to say, no, you can just get it on the web. No big deal. But uh, <laughs> it, it can work. The The problem is you're not going to know if you screwed something up until it's that's too it. late. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's not something that's I mean, I'm in risk management. That's not a risk I would like to not manage. So uh, of all the things we spend money on, Fred, I mean. Uh, that's the least of, of our, you know, priorities, I think, for saving stuff. And just one difference can make a huge difference. Just one. Yep. So we've got estate planning, wills and powers of attorney. That's a, one of those things. If you've got some people in the family, like, uh, sh- who's going to be in charge of this? But once you decide that, we move on to legacy. Right. So, you know, again, there's no way we can discuss this in 15 hours, arguably, let alone 15 minutes or whatever. But... Uh, yeah, what do you what do you want your legacy to be? You know, some people want might want to fund a foundation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or our, our daughter's uh, got a chair at, at her university, which some people donated, of course, right? So, uh, of course, for your kids, for your grandkids, that sort of thing as well. Or, or does that matter? Do you want to spend every penny enjoying and sailing around Antarctica while you're you're alive it's different for all of us but you need to know what is important to you to be able to achieve it Mm -hmm. yeah some are of the mind you'd rather see your kids enjoy the money while you're alive actually see it rather than enjoy it after you're dead so again it's all a personal choice correct yeah right absolutely and 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 we see that more and more i had a client just in january take out some money we waited till the new year from a taxation point of view but to give some pretty decent amounts to uh to kids and all and they still got plenty but yeah it, it was a really nice thing i mean mm-hmm. they've got decades probably ahead of them uh the the children are uh young well not young adults middle age mm-hmm. uh, but anyhow yeah just in general that theory again whether it's going on a, a trip to europe with the family or w- whatever matters it, it's a fun way to do things as long as you're uh insulated mm-hmm. yeah i did well i did a, some something happened last night i've carved out some uh, money from my large estate and paid for uh, spencer's ubers down to the city so you know it was like 17 bucks but i got to watch her enjoy it now versus after i'm dead exactly and you're starting up a foundation as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the, uh, in the, let's continue this because you mentioned uh, some taxation issues, which is a huge part of estate planning. Well, first off, in honor of Stephen Wright, who I saw the initial uh, Tonight Show uh, performance just the other day on Twitter and, and listened to him on David Letterman last night was was spencer parking on a driveway or driving on a parkway excellent question um but uh, i here's the thing it was one of those modern things where he's like can you give me a ride and i'm like oh, i don't really feel like driving into this 15 minutes and i said i know what i can do and i just got i all got her all ubered up and put I, that was a great modern dad solution but let's get back to this serious subject of, of taxation my friend 
Thank you, Father of the Year. Uh, yeah, so taxation, of course, when we're taking money out in income is super important. So as you build your machine, you've got to take that into mind. And then you've also got to think, if, heaven forbid, we pass tomorrow, what would the taxation uh, effects be of that, right? Or, of course, 5, 10, 20, hopefully 30 years in line. Like our software figures out what your last tax bill is going to be, what your net estate value is and all. Uh, trusts are, are things that people can use to uh, mitigate that. Uh, insurances uh, get used a lot to, it doesn't eliminate, but it can replace the taxes that are being paid. So again, it's back to that begin with the end in mind. How much tax are you going to pay when you pass? How's that going to impact your living today? And what can you do about tomorrow? Yes. And uh, trusts as well. Right. So, yeah. So I, I'm frankly not a big trust expert, or, nor am I on everything, right? But I know who to ask. And uh, Raymond James has a really good uh, a trust department that's getting used more and more all, all the time by advisors and and by clients. And uh, that can especially, well, it can help at any stage, well, right? But especially if you want to get money to grandchildren who are too young, you know, you might want to set up a trust. If you own a business, there's some ways to kind of freeze your future taxes on it before it goes uh, on to the next generation. You may not be an expert in trusts, but you are an expert that can be trusted. (laughs) How do you like that? Huh? Just remember where that came from, from the heart, Tim, from the goddamn heart. Thank you very much. And I'm saddened I won't see you at, uh, our and first ladies. Our day first lady. I won't be at Ladies' Day today. I'm getting on the road as soon as this show is over. Heading on the you know heading off the road to play golf. Uh, Tim at RaymondJames.ca. What a pleasure to always uh, have you in our corner to help us uh, through navigate through these murky waters. My pleasure as always. Enjoy your profit and uh, good luck tomorrow, H. Thank you, my friend. Love you, Timmy. Love you, Tim. Love you guys, too. Thanks a lot. Great seeing you. Did you, did you like that? Not an expert in trust, but a trust you can expert. Did you like that? Uh-huh. You know what? That's from 45 years in radio. Okay, buddy? That foundation you're setting up. Yeah. Charitable foundation. Maybe this is a good time for you to tell us about it. Well, the Howard Glassman Fund is what it's called. <laughs> after my <laughs> after my great uncle Howard. Okay. Oh, you know what? It, it, it really is a very small uh, trust. It, it benefits Dan Duran. Hmm. Hello, Dan. <coughs> How am I going to benefit? <laughs> I want to know now. I don't know, Dan. I'll, 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 you know, every year you'll get seven months free rent that you can come in and you know, oh, okay. stay here. When you're, not, when you're not living with Lisa, living with your love, your beauty love. Who gets the, uh, the, massage, the massage chair? Oh, Dan, that's obvious. You that you mean I, when he left, I said we're renaming the chair the Dan Duran Memorial Massage Chair. I love that chair. Uh, oh. Are you prepared for the news, Dan? Certainly am. Certainly. All right. All right. All right. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan the anger man comes As for credentials he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low 
You know, if we wanted to capture a more global market with our show, Dan Duran, Sailing with Dan Duran, we might uh, rename his sidekick from Mr. Dickey to Big Wang. <laughs> <laughs> Wang Chunk. Uh, uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> okay. Are you guys done now? <laughs> I don't the know, Dan. <laughs> the problem is you kept maturing and Fred and I stopped. <laughs> we did. Mommy, when is this part of me going to stop growing? <laughs> oh, boy. That's right. <laughs> you kept maturing and Fred and I just got stuck thinking Big Wang would be funny. Yeah. All right. And now, come on, people. And now with news and views live from Lisa's. I don't know what that is. It's a it's a set. It's it's cool. Yeah, we've got uh, greenery, greenery, greenery real beautiful. greenery, and uh, yeah, with news and views here. Nandran. The leap pods on a jet that you can actually afford. Now you know you probably you've probably been on a jet. You know, a long distance thing. There was like first class air travel or something. Uh, they have these these areas where you can lie flat for you know thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, apparently, New Zealand uh, Air New Zealand is setting up economy sleep pods on long haul flights. Passengers will be able to pre book a slot on a pod for between three hundred and forty and five hundred and ten dollars Canadian for a four hour block in addition to uh, the regular cost of their ticket. So it would just be an add-on of like, I don't know, 340 bucks, and you, you get the pod for four hours. The cabin crew will change out the bedding on each pod after each use. The uh, airline did a fair bit of research around sleep cycles. A typical sleep cycle is around 90 minutes, so a four-hour session gives the opportunity for customers to wind down, fall asleep, and wake up. Mm-hmm. Amenities will include a USB charging port, a reading light, earplugs, full-size sheets, a blanket, and a pillow. And there's also seat belts to make sure that, you know, the beds adhere to the online onboard safety protocols. Uh, one person at a time, they say. They won't allow, uh, you know, um, I guess to prevent... Uh, on uh, you know, on plane boinking or mm, whatever, sure. So uh, and also uh, to limited to that one four hour session per flight, so that you know other people can can use it as well. This starts sometime in September of twenty twenty four. I'll tell you what, I did that. I got upgraded to the pod. I told you about that. It was the only time, my only experience with it. And I get it, man. It was uh, it was something else. I'd never slept like that on an airplane. I mean, yeah, I, I sleep on an airplane. So do you, Fred? I know you sleep, on it. but not I'm like very this. Nicely, yep. Yeah, I know. But th- this is like I would, if you could just be like book a regular economy ticket. You know, you're going to overseas or something, and then you get to book a block in the pod. I think it would be worth it for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'd do it. I would absolutely do it. On a flight to New Zealand, like that, oh, that's shit, like a yeah. 16, 17 hour flight or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. That is kind of on my bucket list. Not exactly to New Zealand, but I've been fascinated by that idea of being on an airplane. You know, I know my brother's done it a few times. And I'm Dan, what's, you've, you've gone a, on a long haul flight like that, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like you're on a plane for 20 hours. A long, long flight. Yes, I don't know if it's 20 hours, but it was like 18 hours. Yeah, yeah, 14, 16, 18, something. Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, and you just, uh, you get into kind of a zen-like, you know, meditative kind of state because it's just, you can't really do anything except Mm. watch TVs and read books and that's about it, right? Listen to music or try and sleep, which is big for me. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, Freddie Ball recently went uh, to, uh, I think it's Singapore. And he, you know, he spread his cheeks. I think it was like 12000 for the two seats. Yeah. 
and they literally got to like stretch out, lay down in their seats, first class meals. If you were going to do that, all the things that Freddie Ball deserves. Well, that's but he doesn't even have to spread his treat for him for the throw in twelve grand. That's what he. he, He's got that on the side of his bedside. Yeah, that's right. He's like Nancy. On the way out, he, t- he tipped the pilot 12 grand. <laughs> That's right. He's like, Nancy, where's my 12 grand that I left on the side of the bed? Oh, Fred, you're always losing your 12 grand. But uh, if you were going to Singapore or going to Australia, it was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You might think about doing it, you know? Why not? For that money? Wow. Why not? Fuck, are you going to do with all the money you've got? It's ridiculous. Oh, Jesus. Just do it. Oh, just, (laughs) I don't know. I'd have to be in that position. I'd have to, you know, decide I'm going to go there and look at the options. Yeah. Well, at your age, you can't be on an 18-hour flight getting kind of like your thrombosis or whatever you get in planes where your blood pools in your legs. No, I understand. But, you know, we have discussed it from this standpoint that at this point in our lives, if we were to go there, it would be an extended vacation. So you could sort of short hop your way there. You know what I mean? Go somewhere for a few days, check it out. Go somewhere a few days, check, check it out. 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 And the next thing you know, you're there. You're there. And you've only paid $14. <laughs> Great. Because you did That's such right. short hops. You just checked mm-hmm. it out for a bucket, a bucket hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like well, that is one way. It's like when you go for oysters, buck a chuck. You're just going to go buck a hop. Okay. Okay. Dan Duran, do you have a second story? That I, do, I can't rival. remember. Did I did I do the uh, the, the replacing the rear facing? Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the rear window thing. Have you heard about this? No. Polestar, introducing the Polestar Four, which is a derivative of uh, Volvo. Volvo. Uh, uh, <laughs> by the way, Dan, uh, the latest next uh, Cirque du Soleil show is called Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Continue, really? please. Is that what it's called? Yeah, thank yeah, you. Vulva. Yeah, Vulva. Vulva. Uh, so. <laughs> it's just. When Doll used to drive a Volvo, I used to. That was. Of course. Jokes too. Hey, Doll, show, show them your Volvo. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, anyway, I, I drove a Volvo for a time when I couldn't stop saying that to people. It's going to be Volvo. I have one. <laughs> please, Dad. Doll laughed. Did Doll laugh? Of course she did. No, no, rolled her. Oh eyes. no, she would have She's laughed no. if it was on Smartless, though, with her three friends just sitting around, <laughs> three friends just sitting around talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till I yeah. talk to Doll next time. What part of three friends sitting around talking? <laughs> so this SUV coupe, meaning has space, uh, all the space of an SUV, but four doors. Uh, and anyway, the, 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 it has a sloping roof, mm-hmm. which makes it uh, aerodynamically a coupe. Anyway, it doesn't have a rear view mirror. Because you, there's no window in the back. Uh-oh. Yeah. So instead, huh. drivers will look at screens in their cabin when reversing, which will display uh, a real-time feed from a roof-mounted rear camera. Wow. I would, I, that would be weird to me, not to be able to look in the rearview mirror. I think so. Same here. I have a question, you Dan. Don't. Have you ever yeah. roof-mounted? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Fred. What was, All your, right. what was your question? No, I was going to say I have a backup camera. I rarely use it. I don't know. I just I uh, I like that the clarity or whatever you want to call it of having the back one and turning around and looking and checking I'm, twice. I have it's a, almost like I don't tr- trust the camera exactly. Something I don't use it when I'm backing up, like say mm-hmm. um, parallel parking, but I do it when I back it into the garage. 
because I'll get it set up and then mm-hmm. I'll just check the backup camera because it shows you with those lines. It shows you how you're if you're keeping it straight or not. Plus, right. I like the fact that it tells me when to stop because invariably I will back right into that shelf at the back of my garage. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Great, great work, Daniel. Uh, yeah, you know, I just thought I'd throw this out there because this is the kind of thing that you would want to know is that apparently Trump uh, is furious that the jury wasn't told the name of Carol's cat. So Eugene Carroll's cat's name, by the way, is Vagina T Fireball. Also, the name of the latest Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Also, the late. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's all I got. Um, Thank you, Dan. Yeah. By mm-hmm. the way, there was a whole bunch of stuff there that Bruce said that we. Somebody on Facebook actually literally word for word, you know, put out what Trump said about the bleach and the disinfectant. You know, you can just go Google this stuff. That's why, you know, it's like, you know, I know it's a lot of he said, he said stuff. But well, yeah, you know, our very uh, the way we started that thing was the polarization and everybody's got a side in that. That that was just another indication. Right. One thing that I don't like, and I find it a bit insulting when somebody says. He so he sort of accused whatever said we're liberals. We're just getting it through that filter. That's telling me, Fred Patterson or Howard Glassman, that we don't have the capacity right. to look beyond our side and that nothing's farther, the, farther from the truth. Again, I'm a Canadian conservative, but I know when I'm getting bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know when I'm being bullshitted. And, uh, you know, again, the Fox News, CNN, CNN thing, that that. That argument just drives me crazy. Yeah, because CNN has their issues, but my goodness, no, please don't e- don't even yeah don't that, even go there. Yeah, I, yeah. Again, there was so much of it, but and we sort of had promised each other we weren't going to get too mm-hmm. wound up. We only got a little bit wound up, but yeah, I'm I'm over it. Um, Daniel, yeah, because nothing is to be served anymore. No, exactly. Anymore, because we're not going to change his mind. He's not going to change our mind. If I can just say one last thing about that it was part of the stupidity of um donald trump and again it shows our capacity to accept reality there were some things that he did that were very good made sense and were good for america but he was too stupid to ride that he had to play that other card all the time and it fucked him up so he's a dummy okay i'm gonna let let's let's end the show on that Right Because we got to go. I got to go. I got to drive to oh, Belleville. Right. I got to drive to Belleville, man. Uh, all right. Uh, no show tomorrow. Emails for Thursday. We'll see you guys back here on Monday. Loving you. Loving you. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living, better building by design. We read all of our emails. Tomorrow we got an email show coming up. So send them to us. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking, subscribing helps us out by charging up the getting notice algorithm. So does getting your friends to listen to just one show. Just one show. Get to listen. Come on. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, watch for Garage Sailing with Dan and my little friend, Dickie, with a high voice. Enjoy every goddamn day. Thanks, Dan. Clap your hands. Where's that?